When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, my phone just went crazy. Man, I'm just like, uh, it's buzzing like, like nuts right now. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We have just been nominated for a sports Emmy for best studio show. Serious? What? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. My name may be on it. It is a team effort. Damn, that's awesome. Today's guests: ESPN Sports Center host Scott Van Pelt, senior writer for the MMQB; Albert Breer, Georgia running back James Cook, and now it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are live in Los Angeles, California. Join us today, why don't you? 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. So much to talk about after a busy weekend. First weekend of Major League Baseball. Obviously, the Masters went down. We've got the NBA playoffs now all set. The NFL draft is two weeks from Thursday 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Whether you're watching us on Peacock or listening to us on this terrestrial radio station, coast to coast, or you're listening to us on Sirius XM, Channel 85, NBC Sports Audio, the Odyssey Stream, listening to us on our podcast, where all podcasts are acquired on the Cumulus Podcast Network, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for whatever you may have missed. Good to see you, Christopher Brockman. What's How are up, you? Rich, man. Great to be here. Can you help me out? Who's that person to your left? Is it Matt? Uh, Mitt, My, Mitch? Oh, Mike Del Tufo. Hey. Don't blink. He's gone the rest yeah. of the week. <laughs> I would say he's here all week, but he's touching base here today. A busy oh. man getting the USFL ready oh, wow. for our eardrums. You, yes. He's doing MLS. He's got Major League Baseball on Fox, by the way. Congratulations on an Emmy nomination for for that, right? They yes. they, they were nominated for yes for uh, for sound, for, yes. correct? Live sound, correct? Cor- yeah, congratulations to that, you, Rich. Of course, for and us, all of us. I know yeah, that. Mikey. That's right. Amazing. You missed that last I Wednesday know, I, when I we was, where you been? Yeah. When we uh, no, no, he's been all over the place. He's been all over the place, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, and the the, <laughs> the clicking noise you heard was T.J. Yeah, Jefferson was, lighting was the my, candle. My fault. That was like a, you're like, oh my this? gosh, yeah. there's a lot of clicking, a lot of noise. What's up, fellas? But good to see you, sir. Good to see you over there uh, i'm gonna use matches from now on rich no, my no, 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 definitely don't do that we don't we don't need to set off any uh i don't know if, if what you're doing is uh, legal here anyway in the city of los angeles but no we're burning we're burning candles we're, we're there's essence that's uh, in this room right atmosphere ambiance so um you know the masters when it all came down to it there wasn't um a, an intense finish uh unless you thought we were going to see uh scotty scheffler miss uh five straight little uh bunnies um, but uh, he finally did put the uh, the pellet in the cup, and now he's got a green jacket, and I can't get enough of his story. And um, his story is one that we're all learning because he's won a major championship, but the guy didn't have a win on his professional uh, ledger, didn't have a dub. I mean, he, the Ryder Cup, you know, that he was surprised right. selection for. Yep. Last year, you know, part of the reason why they the Americans won that is in part due to his terrific putting, his his 
His short game, his, his whole game is just impressive. But the guy didn't have a win coming into this year. And, you know, flash back to two and a half months from now, 1st of February. I know we talked about how March was a crazy month in the NFL, right? But the spring, the, the, the winter and spring here for Scotty Scheffler, no, no wins. He now has four, <laughs> including a green jacket. Crazy. And it's just to me, I, I can't get up. This is why we watch sports, and I, and I, and and why we watch sports is because, you know, the the the, fam- the four frame famous words: you just never know, you just never know. And then that's why the NFL is so immensely popular because you just never know any given Sunday, any given year. Now, I mean, one year ago at this time, the Cincinnati Bengals, we weren't talking about them as a Super Bowl contender let alone a Super Bowl participant and one that I believe has a chance to go back again this year. The NFL is you never know. And golf, I guess, is you never know on any given tournament. But this year, guy's the world number one now. And he was the world's number 12 coming into the year. You put together enough wins, enough championships, enough want to, can do, certainly in a game that um, that is so dependent on the diamond in between your temples. It's truly unbelievable. It's, you yeah. can. Anybody, you, just, you just can. And I understand, you know, he went to the University of Texas and there's enough people who go there and are very successful professional golfers. And he had the opportunity, but opportunity meeting moment is is something that I find so impressive to watch. And I was nervous for him at the outset of Sunday. I was nervous for him at the end of Sunday. Certainly Rory McIlroy, one of your favorites, Chris, going on a heck of a run, seven under 64, including a hole out. Sandy Birdie on 18 to put a little bit of pressure on. But once the echoes, you always hear about the roars and the echoes of Augusta National reached Scheffler on 14. And he fires a dart over the over the stick and draws it right back to next to the hole. And he he drains that putt. I mean, Scheffler parring 13, we an opportunity to birdie that par five just as McElroy hold out to make it a three-stroke situation. And then Scheffler goes birdie-birdie to basically say, that'll wrap it up, and gave those two strokes back on 18 when it didn't matter. Yeah, didn't matter. Loved it. Enjoyed it. And yeah, as always, I wanted to go play golf when it was all over. Absolutely. Yeah, the rest you mentioned it. The drama was there at the beginning of the day. The drama was there. Smith, Cameron Smith starts birdie-birdie. Uh, Scheffler bogey. Suddenly it's 9-8. Minus 9, minus 8 going into 3 and you thought, uh-oh, here we go. Is Scheffler going to, or the, is the moment going to be too big? And then he has that miraculous chip in uh, from, off, from off the green for birdie, and then Smith bogeys, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, it's a more comfortable cushion. But the first hour or so yesterday, you weren't sure which way it was going to go for him. I just, again, like I said, I, I, I love it when you never know and you learn who people are and you watch them play um, at Augusta National on a beautiful Sunday after Saturday was frigid. It was one of those days like I would never want to play golf on that. And the only way I would play golf is if, you know, you're at Augusta National, I'll, you know, I'll just uh, I'll bundle up and get out there. 
So there was that going on. Um, and then uh, I'll be honest. Um, Sunday, I-, I couldn't believe the tweet that I saw uh, when I woke up. I had to read it many times over that like Dwayne Haskins, the Dwayne Haskins that we've been talking about for years, kid with 50 touchdown passes at Ohio State, becomes a first-round selection in Washington, winds up in Pittsburgh, where we just had Mason Rudolph here the other day saying he was excited to get out there with Haskins again. And um, Mitchell Trubisky's now part of the team, and he invited a whole bunch of people down to South Florida, and one of them to get on uh, – the same page altogether as one big Steeler offensive family down in South Florida was Dwayne Haskins. And at age 24, he's dead. He's gone. Apparently attempted to cross um, a, uh, a highway in South Florida. I, I, I don't know if anybody's going to figure out what he was in fact doing out there or attempting, but getting hit by a truck and at age 24, he's gone. And... You know, we we got a chance to meet him on the phone. We mm-hmm. tweeted out that video yesterday before he was on was drafted. He was a hugely popular high school athlete in uh, the Mid Atlantic and in Maryland, and wound up going to Ohio State. I remember the first time he played, I was like genuinely excited to watch him because he wasn't J.T. Barrett. <laughs> who got hurt in the big house and Haskins came in. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we, this is the year, right? Cause here comes some kid who's never really gotten much action. And he was stupendous. He was stupendous in the moment. And then the next year, um, he gets the opportunity and because he gets the opportunity, a kid named Joe Burrow goes, uh, goes to LSU. And all Haskins does is throw 50 touchdown passes. And he gets um, drafted. I, I know it's not really what he wants. I think he was talking at the time. A lot of people were hoping he would be with the Giants, that he'd get drafted. Then Daniel Jones was the oper- was the quarterback they took instead. And we all know Haskins struggled in, in um, Washington, D.C., wound up in Pittsburgh. And the general sense was he was pointing up, trending up, that his time there with Tomlin – and his program there was definitely suiting Haskins and vice versa. I mean, who knows? Could have had an opportunity this year. Obviously, the depth chart looking the way it was looking, but the NFL's a you-never-know league. And all I want to say is I just couldn't believe, just imagine you're part of his family and you hear this news, age 24. He's got a kid. He's got... Nothing but his life in front of him and gone. And um, I know um, the Ohio State family, the his actual real family, flesh and blood, and the Pittsburgh family, the Washington family, I send nothing but my heartfelt condolences to you and just want to say, just hug everybody, man. Just the latest example of how fast and how quick this all goes. I, 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 I was so affected by it. I just every now and then it would just it would just waft through my head that a twenty four year old kid with so much 
that he had already accomplished and an opportunity at some point for him that he was fighting for and that he was with all of his teammates. And I saw all the videos out there of him having fun with them. And then the next day he's gone. Albert Breer is going to join us in hour number two. I figured who better to talk about the life and times of Dwayne Haskins than a big Ohio State guy like him and then an NFL guy like him. And, you know, we are two plus weeks away from an NFL draft, mock drafts galore, freaking me out what I'm seeing about, you know, where the Jets are going to take and who they might not take and the opportunity to take who uh, from Georgia. And we've got a Georgia Bulldog coming up later on, James Cook, the running back who um, absolutely ruined my New Year's Eve. Um, he will be on the program. Um, also on this program coming up in just a, a short amount of time is none other than Scott Van Pelt, who came on this show two weeks ago to say, hey, um, keep an eye out for Tiger at the Masters. And we were all focused on the Final Four at that time. Like, what? <laughs> like, say, is that real? Is that what's going on? Seriously? And uh, Tiger shows up. And he goes 78-78 over the weekend, and and it doesn't matter. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Because the words over the weekend are the key phrase there and the fact he was actually at the Masters. So other things to talk about just to set us up today on this program is um, the NBA playoffs are set. Um, I will give you my top five playoff, first round playoff matchups that I'm looking forward to most. Um, And uh, I have not only a right to do that as the host of this program, but as the champion of the Rich Eisen Show fantasy basketball league um and this is just the first of several mentions of this i already see that brockman is rolling his eyes too bad (laughs) too bad absolutely too bad um so i will give you my basketball knowledge and wisdom oh boy on this program as somebody who is the champion of our fantasy league and host of this program that's emmy nominated I mean, I can't argue with the last part of that statement. Okay. You know, everything else before that. Okay. Though, maybe. It's or all good. you just got shown up by the host. That's coming up <laughs> on this program. I mean, Mike, you haven't been here in like a month. Also, <laughs> by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, happened to break some entertainment news here on this program on Friday. Yeah, we did. Involving the Mandalorian. How about that? Thanks to Giancarlo Esposito. Broke some entertainment news Last night, oh, as the host of the Curb Your Enthusiasm for Your Consideration Emmy nomination panel. Look at you. And um, wait till I tell you about my evening with Larry David, Jeff Garland, J.B. Smoove, and Susie Essman, and Cheryl Hines, and Richard Lewis, and Jeff Schaefer. Wow. All of them together. An outstanding evening here in Los Angeles last night. Can't wait to I've got some it. great stories. Let's go. Great stories coming up on this program. Also, um, overreaction Monday. Overreaction Monday. LeBron is talking right now. Oh, LeBron's talking right now. So we might get some of that later. Was he the one who told uh, Woj that uh, Vogel's out? <laughs> to tweet that? We got to talk about that. Way, Very rare that a head coach, <laughs> a championship head coach, gets fired by Woj Bomb. <laughs> fired but by such Woj a thing. Bomb. Fired by Woj Bomb. That, is my, my, that, could be my, uh, that could be the name of my uh, defending champion basketball team. Uh, fantasy team name next week. We'll see if we'll see if you get we'll storm next year. We'll see if <laughs> Got to come at the king to beat the king. So we'll take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Eight four four two zero four Rich. 
number to dial. Oh, and we're we're playing golf later on today. Hey now. In a the charity event here for the local Red Cross, one of What's, the best events every year that we kind of raining right now. Yeah, uh, we'll be good. Uh, it never rains on the golf course, TJ. It'll be good. Okay. Um, and uh, do you want to bring the Callaway Rogue ST driver? Give that one a whirl. Oh, do we have one? Just, of course we do. Oh, baby, let's go. <laughs> what are you talking about? Do we have? Come one? on. <laughs> Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one in, uh, on planet Earth com- that's built to completely bomb it. Boom. Speed tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. But that's just really the beginning. Because Callaway's engineered a Rogue ST for every player. Most golfers are going to fit into the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness, but there's also the Max D, the Max LS. The Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS is the compact low-spin head that the tour players love. Saw it out there at Augusta National this weekend. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go Rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go Rogue. Our friend Scott Van Pelt, back from Augusta National, he will join us when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. I, I'm back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit. Before we get to Scott Van Pelt, we're just talking about Frank Vogel being fired by Wojbomb. I've never seen anything like it. I'm assuming we're going to hear today, maybe the Lakers might hang on to Frank Vogel for another day just to make it seem like, you know, they didn't fire him or somebody didn't tell Woj about it before telling the coach. And by the way, I saw locally here, um, you know, the Lakers – a broadcast studio show with the great James Worthy and uh, Robert Ory, who's got a million rings. You know, um, 
they were upset with Woj. And it's just like, hey, he's got the information. What's he not going to do? Report it? Until Frank's informed first? If somebody from the Lakers is calling him up and saying, Frank's out. Oh, yeah, when are you going to tell him? Monday. Okay. <laughs> what is it? What, like, who's next? What do you got? Well, it's going to be extensive. It's going to be long. And, you know, it's going it's, you know, to be long because I don't know how many coaches are going to want to come here. You know, especially the rosters it's currently stands right now here in Los Angeles. Brian Windhorst said yesterday, uh, last week, it's going to be at least a year to dig through Russell Westbrook, who nobody's going to take. And Vogel was the one who was supposed to try and keep this whole thing together and trying to move it forward. And he won a championship in the bubble. So you want to talk about somebody who knows how to put pieces together under difficult circumstances. That's one guy. But who's going to want to come here and know that somebody's going to be potentially firing you through Woj? Or, as Bill Oram wrote about in The Athletic, the general manager and Kurt Rambis, the Rambi, who are here. <laughs> the Rambis family. Um the general manager and Kurt Rambis apparently coming into video room and talking about stuff. And he, you know, and Frank's like, you know, they, they can tell me they're just, a, you know, they're like assistant coaches. They have, uh, they have some say, but um, the say is a, a final one for me. He has the final say is what Frank Vogel is going to say. I would say uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is the final say. <laughs> so Richard, or his send button has the final say, you know. You think you think they're going to have a hard time getting coaching candidates? Oh yes, to you come want, to you, coach the Lakers. Yes, I do. I don't know if you saw this, Rich, but one name that's been floated is Jawan Howard. Yes. Okay. All right. Nick Nurse, another one. Why would they want to come here? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you. Because <laughs> it's the Lakers. Okay. Will they pay him all that money? Uh, Will they pay him money because they didn't pay it to Frank Vogel? Wow. I don't know. Maybe they should get Sally Field to work on the books and figure out how they can pay them. Oh, as Rich, we, as, yeah. we, as we all know, it doesn't go too well yeah. sometimes. We'll have a bunch of b- bounce checks, you know, and then what? Hey, man, if Jawan Howard wants to come here and coach LeBron and come out here and try to figure out what Russell Westbrook and leave Michigan and what have you, you know, if that's really what he would like to do or the Lakers want to kick the tires on that, I don't know. I, don't, I, I know it's a, it's a, a job that is... It's As, the Lakers, Rich. It's the Los Angeles no, Lakers no, with 18 it. championships. And I I, I'm not even a fan. I get it. But like, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. But as Brian Windhorst said yesterday, how many players in the world are going to say, I want to play for the Lakers? It's a different world. Maybe the same thing for coaches. Certainly if you see what's going on with Frank. Hey, Frank, what's going on there, general manager? What's going on there with the Rambuses? How, how, how are they involved? Tell me what's going on there. What happened with LeBron? How did Russ wind up on the team? 41 uh, different uh, rotations and starting rotations. How did that work out? What happened? Who told Woj? Okay. I guess for 10 figures a year, that might, or, or not, you know, not 10 figures, you know what I'm saying? I got you, yeah. Mid nine. A lot. A lot of scratch. Mid seven. Sorry. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But we'll hear what LeBron's still talking about um, later on still on this show. Um, for the moment, though, let's turn to our friend, fresh back from Augusta National on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, a fellow nominee for Best Studio Personality, or whatever the official word for it is, uh, for the Emmy Awards. He's our friend from 
the Midnight Sports Center, and more. Back from Augusta National, Scott Van Pelt on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How are you, Scott? I'm well. I'm well. And uh, congrats, by the way, on uh, on that nomination. It's always nice to be included on in that, in that list and sincerely humbling and all that. So that that's uh, that's uh, nice of you to say. And congrats. And I'll see you in New York, I hope. Right uh, back at you. Right back at you. Although that, although that was not the sentiment you, you told Ernie Johnson on the text exchange we all had privately that I'm not bringing public. Scott. Yeah, I said, I, I hate Ernie Johnson. I said, oh, wait, wait did I send this to everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you replied to all. Um, yeah, well, you, uh, I mean, it was, we obviously knew what we were doing. Ernie's one of the kindest, gentlest, <laughs> one most wonderful souls in the world, and we all is. hate him because he wins every year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's just call yeah. it what it is. Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Although he's I, got enough. Well, he's, he's got It's like Costas back in the day. I, I used to lose to him. Now I lose to Ernie, but... You know, maybe one of these days, or I'll just be Susan Lucci. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, where do we want to start? I had I was on with my dear friend here in in DC yes. uh, who has a podcast, and he said the, the story of the weekend's Tiger Woods, and I said, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." I'm with you. I know where you're the going. The guy that's number one in the world, who's yep. won three of his last five events, shows up and wins. That's the story of the weekend. Now, if you want to tell me the overarching headline was Tiger, I'm not arguing. We certainly, our ratings benefited. I'm sure CVS's will have as well. And Tiger is a massive story. But Scotty Scheffler winning is is the headline, and, and rightly so. You win, and you're the headline. Well, I'm with you, um, and, and I figured, again, who better to have on than you to tell me who this guy is and where all this came from, right? I mean, middle middle of February, nobody had any idea um, that this could be happening. No. Right? Now, it's, it's, here's what's interesting is that, and, and God, these last couple of years, because of, of the way things have happened, and it, it's so easy to forget when and where and what, right? Because it's just this fog. And in November 2020, when the Masters was played then, I went over, no one was there. It's empty. And I went over to introduce myself to Scotty because I hadn't met him. But prior to that, in August, at the PGA Championship in Harding Park out in San Francisco, he played brilliantly and was in the final group. And it was just obvious that even though he was new to the stage, he just, something about him, the way he carried himself. He was young, but he, he, he felt mature. Now, I don't want to say old, he just felt very mature. And so I just walked over, and he was coming off the 18th, and I said, hey, and we BS for a few minutes. And I just said, man, it's, you're going to be out here a long time and you know, have a blast and be great. You're going to win a ton. And cause I, I said it because I thought it. And he hadn't yet, and then in Phoenix he wins, and then he wins in Orlando at Bay Hill, and then he wins a match play, so that's a completely different deal, and now he wins a major. And so I think in the game, Rich, people thought he was a dude. Like, he had it. He was going to be a guy. And then in the Ryder Cup, too, I don't want to miss that. He he dueled with, I think, John Rahm there and beat, beat the then world number one and just put on a show. And so at every turn, he's shown that he had the goods, but... For it all to happen at warp speed and to, to, to ramp up to number one and then win as world number one and to win the way he did, that's the kind of stuff that makes you have to really stop and ask, all right, well, what are we, what are we talking about? What, what type of trajectory are we on? Trajectory. I can't do it. Trajectory. Emmy nominee Scott trajectory. We're all together. Wait, I'm there for you. I want you to see the sentence structure. Yes, what sir. kind of a trajectory are we on? Well see, it, was a, it was like an Elmer Fudd thing that happened there. Mm-hmm. 
We got, I got through. Stuck. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is he's good and he's really he's really playing some good golf, Rich. I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, like where where did, I know he's from Jersey, right? And he yeah. went to the he went to he's a Longhorn, like I guess many other terrific professionals who wear green jackets are, right? And and so yeah, he, right, Texas kid. Like the, the story goes that he used to show up at the golf course wearing wearing long pants in the summer because he wanted to carry himself like a tour pro and that's what that's how he visualized himself that's how he saw himself and you know kind of uh, spoke it into existence if you will i mean it's just it's just the way and and this is i'm not in, in no way is it a critical it's just it's just it's different i, I really like colin morikawa uh he lives in vegas he's not flashy he's incredibly composed too guy from cal really mature but i think he's He's got a little bit. There's just a little bit more something, a little more, and not style, but just maybe feels like he could be got a big personality that he can show you, right? That bright smile that lights up a room. Justin Thomas, he's got a whole bunch of swagger and and, and on a big stage, loves it, wants to strut on a big stage. Scotty Scheffler feels more like a guy that's just sort of gives you a nod and a smile, and not not a whole lot more. He just he's about the work, and and the results speak for themselves. It's it's. It's not unexpected that he's won, but look, no one expects someone to win four out of six starts and, and go from not ranked number one to a, a, a pretty strong grip on it. Well, I, 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 when I said he's a Jersey kid, he was born in New Jersey. I'm aware he went to a high school that I guess uh, others went to, like Matthew Stafford. Is it true Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were on I'd the same that. team, that's the too? First, Is that... That's the first I'd heard that mentioned. That's what an amazing coinky ding. Yeah, did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard, too? Are you aware of that, Scott? Did he? Yeah. Jerome Bettis, was, was, is it, was it back to... Back to where he was from, yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. in Detroit. That's where he yeah. was from. Um, you know, I'm just Man, throwing these things you're a out sleuth. there. You you're know, a, you're a sleuth, Rich Eisen. We're just trying to put pieces together. We're just all puzzle makers right here. Uh, Scott Van Pelt <laughs> on the on the Rich Eisen show. Okay, and and the uh, uh, the holdouts from the side bunker on 18 with McElroy and Morikawa. That was some of the most outstanding. Masters moments I've seen in a long time. That that got me off the couch. That was and, awesome. And we needed it. We needed it because Scheffler right. had grabbed, had put a stranglehold on the tournament to right. such a degree that it was, you're looking for something. That was awesome just because Rory yeah. is a guy who, as we all know, needs the Masters to finish the slam and for whatever reason has just gotten off to poor starts. And it's kind of baffling as to why. And in the game, people not this is not a criticism by any stretch, but when he starts playing well on the weekend, it's just the old, oh, here comes Rory for another backdoor top ten. Well, he's, he's played so well on the weekends where he hasn't been part of the storyline, and then you look back at the results and you go, oh, wow, he did finish top ten. You just never, he wasn't part of the main fabric of the story. Well, yesterday was different because not only did he play well enough to become top ten, but he was playing well enough that you had to entertain the thought that if something went wrong with Scheffler, well, maybe he could post a score. And then when he holds out on 18, and the place goes berserk, and then Morikawa matches it, and the reaction of those two with one another, right? Like Rory was cheering him on the same way Morikawa was cheering on Rory. And then McElroy had that, I don't know what to do with my hands thing. I, I, that, I don't know what happened. Like, <laughs> it was like the club ejected from his hand. He just kept... Put, like, what are you doing with your hands, bro? What is, what is this thing you're doing? Uh, but it was, it was, it was spectacular. Uh, Mark Howard told me afterwards, I've never heard a roar like that. And then he heard another one because it was for him. It was 
tremendous, and again, those are two great talents, but it speaks to what Scheffler did over the course of three and a half days that in terms of who's going to win and lose, it didn't make any difference. It was just a nice footnote to Sandy Birdies like that, you know, so Scott Van Pelt here. How about that? You go go bunker to bunker and hole out and you don't win the hole with your, you know, when you're settling up with your buddy. Like, ah, guy, we we have the hole, bud. Right, and then then one of of them and one of them – caps a 64 on Sunday with it and doesn't even come within shots of the tournament. You know, it's that, that, it, again, that's, that speaks to Scheffler's brilliance. Unreal. He came down to Butler cabin on Friday and, um, and it was, he hadn't won from the lead and it's wild how in sports, not just golf, but certainly in golf that playing with the lead, there's a burden to that. There's something about being freed up when you're chasing. And you saw that from McElroy, right? Make you, you, check, you take on shots. Maybe you wouldn't otherwise, and I, I said to Scotty, look, you won in Phoenix and you won in Orlando trailing. I'm not trying to say there's anything bad about leading by five, obviously, but it's just different. And I think he spoke to that after he won, that when he woke up Sunday, he was emotional. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this because that place is different, man. Like, you win that and it's, you're different for the rest of your life. You're a Masters champion. And I thought it was interesting to hear him so honestly share what that, what that, the weight of that is, that just the expectation, because. We've seen people stumble, certainly, famously, in, in that spot, and he didn't. And it, to, at such a young age, to, to kind of wobble a bit early and then you know, steady himself and win, I think it's just, from start to finish, it's just a hell of a show from the young man. Scott Van Pelt here on the Rich Eisen Show, fresh back from Augusta National. Great coverage on ESPN, CBS, the whole family uh, covering uh, the Masters. So um, let's get into Tiger. Uh, any, any idea what he did between rounds to get ready i mean that saturday it was 50 degrees outside just a crusher for any human being let alone somebody his age coming back from what he was coming back from do you have like a any what was his regimen you have the the old flowering peach hyperbaric chamber or something like that like what do you have let me start just with the the hardest thing for people in our business to ever say i don't know i don't know specifically he he you know he doesn't always he doesn't connect all the dots for us. He did mention a lot of ice ice baths and how much they suck. I'm quoting him directly. Mm. Um, and they're just trying to reduce swelling because he's not that far removed from this, this horrific injury to his leg. And, and you saw it take its toll over the course of the four days. And as you point out, Saturday was legitimately not just cold for Gus. It was a cold day. The wind, it was just a kind of – felt like a fall football day. Like in, in Ann Arbor – you know, Saturday and in, in November, it felt like that. Um, and so he's managing more than most. But I don't, I don't know the specifics. I think what's most interesting coming out of it is another question we don't know the answer to, and that's when will we see him again? Um, I think. Look, it's no secret PGA's on our network. It'd be great for us if he's on, just because obviously people turn up to see him. If he doesn't, maybe the U.S. Open. But he did say he'd play the Open at St. Andrews, uh, which is his favorite course in the world. So that, so that's good news. If nothing else, we know we've got one more major um, to see him. But uh, it's it's clear there's a lot of work to do uh, for him to physically get that leg stronger, so that it's not such a uh, you know such a challenge for him just to get around for 18. So okay, so maybe we see him uh, before then. But w- w- I mean, it's all in all, though, just the mere fact that he did it made the cut um, at one point Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, he had a, he had a putt to share the lead, right? It, um, he was in the mix for, I, I don't know, because I, I don't remember where M was in relation to where Tiger was, but, I mean, it 
He was look. He was under par. He shot seventy one, which totally <laughs> meant we had to rethink what we what might happen. Right. And and then and look, you you covered the guy for years too, prior to to changing hats and becoming you know the face of the NFL Network. I mean, you remember that there was no. There was no world in which 78-78 on the weekend in a major would be greeted with a giant smile and him saying he was thankful. Right. But that's what you saw Sunday, and I thought that was really uh, a window into what the week was about for him. Uh, I'm back. I'm trying. I'm in the arena. Played played one good round. Now I just got to figure out how to get around for three more days, and he did. And in the end, was he at close to winning? No. But the, the genuine joy I felt like you saw from him. And the, the reception he got from the patrons there at Augusta National, and I feel like you know people all around the world, like they're sitting on their couch smiling, going right on. This dude's back in it, you know, and that's more than we thought not that long ago. How big is Butler, Kevin? How big is that? Not thing? not enormous, not enormous. It's a uh, but big enough for uh, big enough for the people that need to be in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what what is it normally? Just like some folks who are done with a round, they go hang out in the cabin, or. No, it's just, it's what is a cabin for members to to stay if you're stay. on property when, okay. you, when you go down to uh, to be there, but uh, uh, it's it, it's it's just insane, Rich. I mean, we've known each other a long, long time, yeah. and it's just so hard to explain. I'm sure you have those moments in your life, in your work, where you just look around and you shake your head and you think, "What? Well, you know, here I sit, right? I mean, it's three Eastern, and the Masters comes on the air, and and you're the one talking, and it's just." Absolutely absurd. So uh, Tiger's not the only guy thankful down there that week. That's for sure. You're, you're sitting in there for two days, and that's the office, and it's just such a such a joy to do it. So I mean, not to pry, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. So if, like, say you need a pen, do you go searching through drawers in case Bill Gates left one from a few weeks ago or something like? I'm seriously like, what, what is it? There's furniture. There's a bed. There's is that what it is? They've moved everything out of the way is so that there are just the, the chairs that you see there in front of the fireplace, and then. Then what you what the camera doesn't see is is how it is in any studio. It's all the things that make it work, right? The right. lights, the there's monitors that you can watch. Um, you know the action. There's leaderboards that are telling you what's happening on every single hole that are just you know to your in your sight line beyond the cameras. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, this. I'll just say I'll just put it this way. Yes. If you needed anything, yes. someone would sort that out for you rather quickly. <laughs> You have to go rummaging through the place. No, no, like I'm like, where the hell's the pen? I need a piece of paper. You give me the paper. <laughs> right, and then all of a sudden, some member strolls in, like, "What are you doing in here, Scott?" Like, you don't want to no, do, no, you know, none of that. I, I stay. I, I try to. I try to keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise, my man. I stay where I'm meant to be. You know? I don't. I don't wander off into the second cut. I stay right here, and uh, <laughs> I don't go. I don't go searching, but you don't need to. Everything's right where you need it. Of but course. you know what's you know what's so cool about about that place is Cam Smith comes in after the first round, mm-hmm. and the guy's just played this brilliant round. He's six, he's sixty eight, four under, and after we got done, and he looks at me, and he's this super understated guy, and he says, "Mate, I've never been more nervous in my life." And I thought, I mean, that's Butler Cabin. You know, the idea is since he's been playing the game, he thought someday I'll get down there. Sadly for him, it was Thursday with me and not Sunday with Nance, but maybe someday. Maybe someday. Scott, you're the man. Thanks again. I'll see you in New York uh, Emmy night, if not sooner. You're the best. Thanks, pal. I appreciate you, my man. I'll I'll see you soon, B, and thanks for having me in. Anytime. Thank you. That's Scott Van Pelt here on The Rich Eisen Show. Fun stuff with Scotty right there on the program. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. 
I can only basically say, hanging in Butler Cabin, the entertainment equivalent of that is hanging in Edit Bay with the Curb Your Enthusiasm crew <laughs> while they're going over the rough cut of what they're putting together for everyone to see in HBO. And I've been very fortunate to be part of that group for the last several years. And that's part of what led me to a stage last night <clears throat> with the Curb crew. Wait till you come back. Well, wait till we come back and I'll, I'll tell you some great stories from last night, including I forwarded on stage last night something we talked about on this program just last week. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Back Toronto. Here on the show. And this is still Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, like... What about John Calipari? Why would he want to leave Kentucky to come out here to Los Angeles? Because Kentucky's not going to win a title. But he's, good. he's there no matter what. Like, he's never going to be forced out, or he's never going to be on a hot seat. Yeah, but... He's going to get all the top prospects he wants. He's, it, it's, it's all set up. Why would he leave that? To come here and be in the NBA meat grinder that spat him out in New York City the last time. Why would he do that? Why would Juwan Howard want to do that either? Because a lot of these guys, Rich, I don't think want to have the grind of going to, and we talked about this before, yeah, Chris, recruiting. recruiting. Yeah. You've got to go out there and you've got to recruit these but kids. Now you've got to, go figure, you got to figure out how West, Russell Westbrook fits into this equation. But you're the coach. You, I mean, are we talking, are we keeping Russ or are we talking about moving them? Because if you're you talking have, about moving them, then that's not what, your job. What are you going to move them? A different planet? Like, honestly, that's only your problem for one year. Yeah, it's one year your problem. And that's not really to okay. get rid of Russ. Or, that's that's not the coach's issue. You have to make it work on the court. But if he's going to get traded or released, that's that's not your problem. Well, LeBron guaranteed it was going to work this year, guys. And he made sure that we kept our same energy throughout talking about his old roster. And I'm here for the same energy because I said it was not going to work in October and it was a disaster this year, so my energy is the same. All I'm saying, <laughs> I can confirm that Brockman's energy level has stayed. Uh, he has not waned. Uh, he's been consistent. I will just say this, and then we'll, we'll hear from LeBron later on in the program. I will just say this. There will be a hire. The Lakers will get a coach. We will either say the words okay in one of two ways. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> or... Okay. Okay. Higher register. Okay. okay. Higher register. Or okay. 
I'm saying the final result will be, okay, let's see what happens. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay. Just okay. kind of like, all right, this is, this is the situation. Let's see now, how it works out. I do remember they were, remember they, have, they, they were the dumpster fire. Everyone thought they were, they were a dumpster fire. Remember all that? They were a dumpster fire. And Magic's not going to be here. And then LeBron and AD and all of that right. business, and it turned out all right. So we'll see what happens. I'm just saying when it's all at the end of the day, okay. Instead of okay. And okay. that's and that's where you're like, how will we know the coaches of a certain caliber? That's your test. That's your litmus the, test. The okay, okay test. The okay test. Okay. I think that's uh, right there. I think that's accurate. <laughs> okay. I think that's that. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Okay. So were they doing the little John drawing okay. out? Okay. What? What? <laughs> or, okay. All right. All right, Rich, tell us about Sunday, man. Yeah. Okay. The thing that we weren't so, invited to, you know, no, you were like hosting. You teased that anyway. last week. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of threw it out of nowhere. Yeah. Here, in, here in Los Angeles, <laughs> they're to drum up support for uh, Emmy Award votes. You have events for your consideration events. And last night at the Directors Guild uh, on Sunset Boulevard, here in beautiful Los Angeles, California. They showed an episode of Curb, after which Larry David, Jeff Garland, Cheryl Hines, Susie Essman, J.B. Smoove, and uh, Jeff Schaefer and Richard Lewis, not pictured right here, all got up on a stage, and I was the host of a Q&A. And, you know, (laughs) that was a quick yes when that came into my (laughs) inbox. So... How often do we, we've had Larry on this program and Jeff Schaefer, the uh, writer, director, and collaborator of Curb Your Enthusiasm. How many times do we say to Larry, hey, is there going to be another season of Curb? All the time. And the answer is what? Eh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Eh, Take a look. eh. Ask me later. So last night, final question of the Q&A was, is there going to be another season of, of Curb Your Enthusiasm? And I wasn't told to ask the question. You just... I was going to ask the question, but there were also cards submitted by those in the audience, jammed okay. audience, had okay. been almost 1,000 people in this auditorium. And, um, and so that was the last question. I'm like, okay, I'll take it from the audience. So it was right there. And I said to, you know, will there be another season of Curb? And Larry David looks me in the eye and says, yes. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You could have knocked me over with a feather. And I kind of looked across because he was right in the middle and Jeff Schaefer was all the other side of the stage and I locked eyes with him and he kind of nodded his head. It's on. Wow. It's happening. How about that? I know. I know. Another thing that came out of last night that was uh, kind of interesting is I asked, you know, the, the, the idea of uh, guest stars and cameos and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you get these folks to do it? And they admitted they have this entire season mapped out to culminate around somebody that needs to be acquired for a guest star position. This year was Colonel Alexander Vindman, of all people. <laughs> right. You know, one year Mel Brooks, and he, they, mm. they kind of joked, like, I asked Larry, like, you're kind of the Rivera. you got to come in and close it. And I said, who's been the toughest one to get? And he's like, the one who said no. And he kind of looked at Jeff Schaefer and the stage like, as well, and they we? nod each other. Joaquin Phoenix was apparently somebody who was supposed to be part of the episode that they had last night involving the watermelon. And um, said no, said just, no, just not interested. Said wow. no. Said no. How about that? So also, 
you know, the question about the process and how they go through everything being, you know, uh, unscripted and improvisational. And there was a lot of the conversation about all that. And I brought in Jeff Garland by saying, Jeff, you've been on my show, this show, talking about how many people come up to you with ideas for Curb. And you say all of them are bad. None of them are good. And he told the same story of like a number of people that have come. I have never in all the years of Curb ever forwarded an idea to Larry and Jeff because, you know, they come, they they got it. Right. 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 right, right. So at the end, you know, when after he said there was more episodes coming back and I'm like, well, this is just amazing. And speaking on behalf of everybody who loves this show, it's great to hear. And also because every day, all of us in our daily lives in this crazy ass world, we're constantly running into curb your enthusiasm moments that everybody thinks could be an episode. And I'm like, ah, screwed. For instance, and I told him <laughs> the elevator stuff oh, from the oh, other yeah. day oh. that, you know, oh. I, I, you know, w- have a problem if I hold the elevator door for somebody and then due to my largesse, they're on the elevator and then allow another person to come on the elevator. <laughs> causing me to be more delayed to my floor and how much that's a problem. And Larry completely takes it, laughs out loud, and comes up with a whole better idea. He workshopped it like he always does. For those on a terrestrial radio audience, you'll have to catch the rest of this on our YouTube page. Albert Breer coming up the next hour right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Sorry about that, but we'll see on YouTube. But for here uh, on on this moment, Larry... exclusive. He... he, (laughs) He goes, or how about you're coming down the elevator? You let somebody on the elevator coming down. They get on the elevator because they've clicked the button. You hold the door open for them. They come on. And they're the first one off and beat you to the valet. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wait. For so they're it. also going down yeah. to the garage, wherever, valet, right? right. But because you're in Letting the back now. Right. You're in the back, back now. And they are the first off. Right. They get there and they get your their car first. And you're now left waiting because. Another five, ten minutes. Right. Because you let them. Out. Right. That when you come on the elevator. That's tremendous. When you come up, the first person on the elevator has all rights and positional rights of anything that happens (laughs) off the elevator. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is why Larry is Larry, you know? And I had a feeling as I brought this up, this has happened to him, and he kind of had it in his (laughs) mental archive that our idea, or at least my crazy idea of like, hey, man, I've got... I didn't mention that I was... I have problems holding elevator doors for men, women, and the elderly, yes. But for guys, and the elderly. screw it. The elderly. Screw it. You're not coming on. I am not holding the door open just so I could be late to my floor or later than necessary. But I brought seconds. up that fact, like how prop, like once you're on the elevator, because I've let you on the elevator, you don't have the rights to hold the door open for other people to make me even later. And his response was coming down. If you come on the elevator and I hold the door open for you and you come on the elevator, you should let me off first. I should be first at the valet. This is a very I, first world problem right here. Yeah. Well, this is a Los Angeles problem. It's an obviously. L.A. problem. It's something where it's a Larry David problem. It's a curb problem. Clearly. Right, right. You got to get shoulder on the person in the elevator. 
or just push him to the back. Hey, you're in the back. Yeah, you go in the back. Like, I got to stay. Yeah. Like, spatially, door. you have, if you're on the elevator first, you have rights. You but how, how's that work, though? Because if the elevator fills up, what are you going to do? Constantly yeah, position yourself to the front? Yes. yes. No, you get pushed yes. to the back. Yes. 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 How are you going to do that? You can't you do that. Yes, it is. Yes, you can. Nope. <laughs> you've never it's been, all doable. You've never been in the mosh pit before, doable. have you? Bottom line is, this could be on the next year curb. <laughs>